Hey lovely freaks and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our link tree. All of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. And all that jazz. Our Instagram is actually at Lovely Freaks Podcast. Just going to go ahead and put that in there. And April 25th at 7.30 p.m. Yes. Central Time, we're going to have a live Q&A on our Instagram and Facebook. So if you're not following us, you should go do that. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We are actually going to have an older episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Amityville Horror House. <clears throat> we wanted to go ahead and do this episode because Ronald DeFeo Jr. actually died March 12th of this year. Yeah. So, in in prison, excuse me, <clears throat> and um, so we've already done this episode, but we, we don't have it on Spotify and iTunes and all that, so mm-hmm. we just wanted to kind of take you guys back in time when we did do this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. we hope that you guys enjoy. So, if there's any, like, you know, wait, that was months ago why are you talking about that (laughs) then you'll understand why we we talk about some things that happened in the past but anyways we'll let you guys go ahead and get started with this episode and we hope you enjoy okay so today if you saw the title then you know we're going to talk about we're going to talk about amityville horror the amityville house and all that happened so we're going to kind of talk about what happened before the Lutzes moved in. So most people know, if you know from the movies, then you know about the Lutz family. They're the people that moved in after the DeFeos and the tragedy that happened in the house. But if you didn't know, if you've watched the movies, the Amityville Horror movies, um, at the beginning where the DeFeos actually, they all get murdered, that's a true story. Mm-hmm. So that really happened. Real life, true story. And then the Lutzes move in and they kind of are experiencing these hauntings and things like that. And we'll get into all that later. But for the first good part of this, we're going to talk about the DeFeos and kind of talk about what happened because a lot of people don't know what happened. Like, they just know from the movie, like, he shot his family and then he went to jail. But they don't know anything about their life or nothing like that. So we're going to kind of dive into that today. So the DeFeo family, and we're keeping... Everybody and welcome back to the Lovely Freaks podcast. I'm your host Amanda, and I'm Hannah. And today is New Year's, so Happy New Year's! Yep. Whoop whoop. Hopefully, 2021 will not suck as bad as 2020, but probably so. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> I love how you're like knock on wood, and I'm over here like it's gonna suck. <laughs> nobody say, nobody say, or like, oh, this, this is gonna, gonna be, be my, my year. year. No, no. We're just all gonna walk in and be like, okay, don't touch anything, don't say anything. <laughs> Here we are. This is the year. Sit down in the corner. Don't breathe. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anywho, hopefully you guys enjoyed, or well, not really enjoyed. Can't really enjoy that episode. But um, hopefully you listened to the Junko episode. If you did not, you can go listen to it right now. It's the one before this one. Um, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Well, and I say that, like, right off the bat, but her story needs to be out there more because not a lot of people know about it, and I'm a firm believer in, you know, getting stories out there, but hopefully if you did listen to it, um, you know, it didn't bother you too bad. I don't know. I mean, yeah. hopefully not. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to talk about. We're getting pretty close to um, go, we're we're getting pretty close to where we're gonna be on Spotify. Yeah. In iTunes, I'm kind of weeding out some stuff and trying to get that set up. We know how to weed them out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's from SpongeBob. It's SpongeBob movie. Uh, of course it is. Okay, so today, if you saw the title, then you know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Amityville Horror, the Amityville house, and all that happened. So we're going to kind of talk about what happened before the Lutzes moved in. So most people know, if you know from the movies, then you know about the Lutz family. They're the people that moved in after the DeFeos and the tragedy that happened in the house. But if you didn't know, if you've watched the movies, the Amityville Horror movies... Um, at the beginning where the DeFeos actually, they all get murdered. That's a true story. Mm-hmm. So that really happened. Real life, true story. And then the Lutzes move in and they kind of are experiencing these hauntings and things like that. And we'll get into all that later. But for the first good part of this, we're going to talk about the DeFeos and kind of talk about what happened because... A lot of people don't know what happened. Like, they just know from the movie, like, he shot his family and then yeah. he went to jail. But they don't know anything about their life or nothing like that. So, we're going to kind of dive into that today. So, the DeFeo family, and keep in mind, if you've seen the movies, then you know that this is the family that was in the house before the people in the movie moved in there. So Before Deadpool. Exactly. Deadpool. <laughs> Or Deadpool. Deadpool came in and was like, hey, I'm going to yeah. come and do well, this Well, have you ever seen the older movie? In the, uh-uh. I think it's a 1970s in the 80s, the 80s or 80s. I can't remember. It's pretty good. One. And he's he's a hottie with a body, too. I can't think of the guy's name. You need to look him up, though, because I can't think of his name. Um, and then, yeah, the Deadpool one. Like, well, Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds. Let's call him by yeah. his name. Um, he's my man. <laughs> And he, uh, he looks really I good in that movie. I am. He looks good in that movie, too. But anywho, so yeah, um, we're going to talk about the DeFeos. So we'll just start, I'll start off by naming all of the DeFeos. So we have Ronald DeFeo Ju- Sr., sorry, and that's the father, and his name was actually, he had a nickname, and his nickname was Big Ronnie. So we're going to call him by his big, big Ronnie. we're going to call him by his big name. We're gonna call him by his big old name. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna call him by his nickname because James. Who was the guy? James, James Barlin. Barlin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He was a good-looking man. Okay. That was the guy in the first Amityville Horror. He was the dad in the first he one. Good-looking. Yeah, he was a good-looking man back in the day. So, okay. Yeah, so right. Ronald, we got sidetracked. Sorry, guys. Right. So, Ronald DeFeo Sr. is the dad. He was 43, and we're going to call him Big Ronnie because Ronald Sr. and Ronald Jr., which Ronald Jr. is the one that murdered his family. Yeah. And we're going to call him Butch because that was his nickname. Okay. So, that way we don't get those confused. So, the father, Big Ronnie. Then we have Louise. She was the mother. She was 43. And we have four siblings. Dawn was 18, Allison was 13, Mark was 12, and John Matthew was 9. And these are all the people that died. And then we have Ronald DeFeo Jr., a.k.a. Butch. That's his nickname. And he's the one that, that murdered them. <clears throat> so, Louise, to kind of give like a 
a backstory about the mother and the father. Louise's parents, she didn't like, they didn't like her marrying Ronald. I don't know if they were the same age, but like they just got a bad vibe from him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they never really liked him to begin with. Um, Ronald, after they got married, shortly after got, they got married, they had Ronald Jr., Butch. He was born September 26, 1951. And Butch had a pretty hard, he had it pretty hard growing up. All the, all the kids had it pretty hard growing up. So their dad was an abusive father. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the firstborn, of course, and so he was the oldest boy. And he was just made to be like, you know, like the father had high standards for him because he was the oldest and he was a boy. Mm-hmm. So he had, he got pretty he got disciplined pretty harshly. Like, it wasn't just a regular spanking or, you know, something like that. Louise's brother, the mom's brother, so Butch's uncle, said that when he was two, Butch, Ronald Jr., yeah, um, the dad, they were, like, down in the basement and they were watching TV or something like that. And he said this in court. He said that his um, dad stood up, got mad at him, and, like, slammed him up against the wall at Damn, two. at two? Yeah. And he hit his head. Well, I can't believe you remember that, but I guess from trauma. No, he doesn't remember it. This oh. was the mother's brother. Oh. Yeah. There, it would be like you seeing Corey slam Madeline up against the wall or something like that. Two. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so, yeah, he remembers, like, him hitting the wall. And he got, like, a head injury. So... That kind of makes me wonder if maybe he had a head injury all these years. But they don't ever say anything about him having, like, any brain damage or anything like that. As to why he killed his entire family. Um, Butch was also bullied in school. He was overweight. And he was called all different kinds of names. You know, kids are uh, douchebags. And (laughs) they bullied him and all that. In his teenage years, though, he started losing weight because, unfortunately, he started doing drugs. He started doing heroin, um, meth, and things like that. So, the family, they had five kids. Correct? Yeah. Five kids. You asked me. Think. Correct, Hannah? I don't even know. I, know. <laughs> I had to think about that. So, they had, yeah. Five One, kids. two, three, four, five. They had five. I felt like I was forgetting someone, but no. And so they didn't really believe in birth control because they were Catholic. I think they became more, like, Catholic after they moved into this big, huge house, the Amityville house. Mm -hmm. But um, it was said that they definitely didn't believe in birth control or anything like that. So that's kind of why they had so many kids, I guess. After Mark, the one before the youngest, um, Louise had had enough of the abuse. So... She was like, all right, I'm leaving you. So she left the dad, and I don't know. I mean, they were living with her mom and her dad, and he, (laughs) Ronald's dad, Big Ronnie, he wrote her a song and, like, tried to, like, win her back, and obviously it worked because she got back with him. Mm -hmm. So apparently it was a pretty abusive relationship, and she was an abused spouse, and you know, she left to try to get out of the situation, but then, of course, he wooed her back in, and, um, so then when she got back with him, that was when they had their son, their youngest son. 
1965, they moved into the Amityville house in Long Island. So, I don't know exactly, like, what, um, when they moved in. I know that they had her, their son, I believe John Matthew was born in October. And sometime either right before that or right after they moved into the Amityville house. So, this was in Long Island. And that, you know, that's crazy because a lot of, in Rhode Island, a lot of, um, there's a lot of hauntings in Rhode Island. Like, there's a lot of houses out there that are that are haunted or, like, that have had ghost stories or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy how much. And, I mean, rightfully so, I guess, because it's, like, one of the first colonized places. But yeah. still, like, I just think it's crazy. So, yeah. Big Ronnie, he was a car dealer. And this house that they owned, this Amityville house, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it. I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it. And it's kind of got, I mean, it's a huge. Is it exactly like, it's exactly like the movie, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah, the way it looks well, and all that. The way it looks. Yeah, and it's got the the windows that kind of look like eyes or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, the house looks exactly like that. It's exactly the same. And in this house, they had, a, like, they had lavish taste, okay? She was a stay-at-home mom with, you know, five kids. Mm-hmm. And he was a car dealer. So, people in the community were kind of like, how in the crap is he affording this house? Because they had, like, crystal chandeliers in the house. They had baby grand piano. Like, oh God. her dad, they had these portraits that were painted for them. Mm-hmm. And it was actually her parents that did it. But her dad had these paintings made like you know the family portraits yeah because you know back in the day that was like a big thing they would do like these huge family portraits well they had this massive family portrait that was fifty thousand dollars by the way mm-hmm. no sir not i but whatever float your boat um you know hanging in the house so it was like super fancy and come to find out later on you'll find out that um apparently there was some, he had some dealings with the mob, the dad oh, did. Okay. And also, there was like some shady stuff going on with his car dealership. So they were doing like crimes through his car dealership. I don't know necessarily, they never really said, but I don't know if it was like drugs or smuggling yeah, some like, money. I was thinking or, smuggling, maybe. Yeah, maybe smuggling drugs or something like that. Not quite sure, but there was some criminal activity going on in his, uh, in his car dealership, dealership thing that he owned, which, <clears throat> so that's pretty much all of the the life that we know of what happened. But we'll get into the murders in just a second. But that goes back to you know the whole nature versus nurture thing. I mean, you can be just because you're a millionaire doesn't mean that you're treating your kids fairly, and it doesn't mean that yeah. your kids won't one day snap like he does apparently and kill you. Um, well, did they... Because there was a lot of abuse going on in this house. Did like, they physical ever, and... So, they never had any, um, like, ghostly experience when they were in there? Mm-mm. No. We'll get into what but Butch... I was, yeah, I was thinking why... Ronald Jr. What he claims... He say? Yeah, yeah. He claims some stuff. And we'll get into that, but... Well, I'm skipping ahead. We'll get into that. Okay, so November 13th, 1974. It was 6.30 p.m., and Ronald Jr., a.k.a. Butch, he comes to this tavern that's, like, right down the block from their house. And this is a tavern that he's been to before. Mm-hmm. And when he comes in the tavern, he says, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. That's all he said. Well, his best friend Bobby was there. And then a few other guys were there that he knew. And Bobby goes over to him. He's like, what's wrong, man? And he's like, I think, I think my mom and dad are shot. 
I need help. Come, come with me. Come with me. And so he just like collapses in Bobby's arms. So him and six other guys, they hop in a truck and they drive all the way down to 112 Ocean Avenue, which is where the, um, sorry, Ocean Avenue threw me off. <laughs> it's a ADHD. song. <laughs> no, it's a song. Um, so they drove down to where the house was. Yeah. And when they got there, uh, Butch, or Ronald Jr., he just jumps out of the car. And he's like, come on, come on, you know. And they're all like, wait a minute. You don't know if anybody's in there because you say that they've been shot yeah. or you think they have. There could be a shooter in there. You don't know the situation. So instead of, like, they're not able to stop him, obviously. So they just run. And the friends say later that they thought that was kind of weird because cause he runs, like, straight upstairs. It's, like, where his family is at. So yeah. they're like, how would you, how did you know there wasn't anybody there that could have shot you, you know? So they all reach the second floor. And immediately they said that there was, like, a smell of death. So, Bobby flips on the light to the master bedroom, and there, when he flips on the light, he sees um, Ronnie, Big Ronnie, Butch's dad, and he's laying face down, mm-hmm. and his mom is laying face down. She's covered up with a blanket, but the dad is not, and there's a hole, like a gunshot hole yeah. in his back. The mom had a gunshot wound as well, and so he freaks out, and he runs back downstairs, and they're trying to, like you know, console him because he's freaking out because he just saw a dead body, obviously. And another guy named John goes to the boys' rooms on, I think it was the east side of the house, and so he checks on them, and he said when he got in there, you know, all he could see was toys, and then they had, like, um, different figurines and stuff everywhere, and then he finally glances, and he sees that the two boys, Mark, uh, who's 12, and John, who's 9, they were laying on their beds same way, face down mm. on their bed, shot in the back as well. And I believe he shot his family in the backs with, um, I think it was a rifle. I know that much, and I can't remember the exact caliber, but it was a rifle. So, also, so so they realized, or they thought, that they had all died in their sleep because of the way that they were all laid there, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like some of them had ran or anything like that. So, all the the men think, okay, well, maybe they're, you know, maybe somebody came in and, or an intruder came in or something like that and shot them all while they were sleeping. Or maybe it was a hired job because the dad, they knew, it kind of was around town that he was kind of dealing with some shady stuff. So they thought, well, maybe like the mob or somebody like that was coming after his yeah. dad and like killed him all execution style. And maybe Butch just wasn't there or something. So, after this, they went back downstairs and they called the police, obviously. They had not checked on the girls yet, I don't think. The police found the girls, but they were killed the exact same way as everybody else. So, Um, it's weird because, like, how did they not hear the gunshots? We're going to get into that. So, (laughs) we're going to get there. So, the police actually took Ronald Jr., Butch, they took him down to the station because they thought that he was in danger. Like, they thought, okay... It's either a hitman or it's the mafia or something like that's coming after your dad. Yeah. You obviously weren't here or something. You got out, so let's take you to the station because you're in danger. Um, so after they examined the bodies and then 
they found the girls and all that. After Butch was down at the station, he started talking to the police and his story just wasn't lining up. Like, he was all over the place from what he had told the guys, from what he had told the police, and other people, like, riding in the car to the station, like, what he told them happened. Yeah. So his story wasn't making any sense. There was a lot of holes. And it didn't take long because the next day he confessed to the murders. His defense, though, in court said that they coerced him into confessing. Like, they, you know, the police were, like, making him confess. Um, But obviously that was not true. And so this is what he told detectives um, when he was confessing. He said, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went by so fast. Talking about killing his family. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. After he killed his entire family, he took a bath, he changed his clothes, and then he got rid of the rifle, and then he went to the bar. He conf- or he told the police later on like where they could find the clothes with a little blood on them and where they could find the weapon. And he didn't really hide the weapon in a wonderful spot, or like, he hid it in the, the boathouse, which was kind of weird. Um... No one really knows to this day why he did it, though, because his cho- his chory, his chory, his chory, <laughs> his story constantly changed, changes even to this day. Like it always changes. I do know that he did say that he claims that at three fifteen he just woke up and was like, "Yeah, gonna kill let's my go family kill my today." Fa- yeah, yeah. Wow. He said that. So. He was doing heroin, and he was doing, um, he was drinking heavily, oh, and he lived, or he didn't live, but he stayed down in the basement. and alcohol to do. Yeah. He stayed down in the basement, so he was, you know, that was like his bedroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the trial began on October 14th, 1975. They tried to do a plea of insanity because yeah. he claimed that he heard voices. Okay. So, he says that the voices that he was hearing was his family, and they were plotting against him. So, that's what, you know, the movie kind of talks about that. Nowhere does he ever say that he heard voices, like, in the movie, like, the spirit of that guy or whatever in the movie that, that, um, what is it, like, the... The Indian guy that, you know, it was like an old burial. Yeah. Something. Old or, burial ground. Yeah. Or Indian it was like something that, that he used to torture Indian Native Americans or something like that. So, no. He doesn't say anything like that. He just said that he heard voices. Which, I mean, if you're on heroin and you're drinking, I mean, you may hear voices telling yeah. you that <laughs> your family's plotting against you. You like, shouldn't do that. I don't know. You could be seeing all kinds of stuff that <laughs> you, you don't know. So, yeah. Obviously, that did not work, though. And the prosecution, of course, like they always do, they have someone that comes in and evaluates him, and their psychologist said no. He knew exactly what he was doing. So he was found guilty of six six counts of second-degree murder, and he was sentenced to six consecutive sentences, and all of the sentences were 25 years to life with no parole. So he's never getting out. He's still, I'm pretty sure he's still there today. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Now, there are tons of conspiracy theories around this, and we're going to get into the thing about the, sh- the gun that you said. Yeah. <laughs> that I really, when I was researching this case, and, and then, like, I was listening to some of the interviews and stuff like that, 
or whatever. I didn't really think about it. But yeah, so <laughs> the one thing is people don't understand how he can shoot his entire family and nobody wake up from the yeah. gunshot and move. Like, oh, how are they all asleep? gunshots are super loud. Like, yeah. I, somebody's so, going to get up. This is this was a rifle. And actually, the grandfather, he did, he, he hired like an investigator to investigate this. And they said that when they investigated it, they said that there was two different guns that were used for the murder. But they have no idea who used the other gun and they don't even know where it is. Now, is it possible that he used it, you know, and just threw it out in the lake or something somewhere? Probably. But we don't know. Um, the but defense that still actually doesn't uh, make sense with the silent. Yeah. Are you saying like it was more silent? I don't know. I mean, we don't know if it was or if it wasn't. They do know that, well, let me take that back. Yeah, because they do know that there wasn't a gun. They think there wasn't a gun that was used with a silencer on it. Yeah. So, and I'm not even sure if they had that back then in the 70s. Maybe. I think they did. I think they did. Um, but the defense, his defense actually did an experiment. Obviously it didn't work, but they showed that doing the during the experiment they showed that if you shot the rifle that he used you could hear it a mile down the street which the houses in this you know really upscale neighborhood were pretty far apart so if somebody was sleeping in their house they probably didn't hear it but it still goes back to the fact that the like nobody like i imagine okay he shoots the parents first because I do think that the dad, there was a little bit of, like, they kind of realized that the dad may have moved some. So, maybe he shot mom, and then the dad went to, like, get up, and then he shot him. Yeah. But he didn't get to move very far. And then, I imagine, like, the kids, like, coming out of their bedroom. Yeah. You know, and be like, what's going on? But, I mean, I guess he could have told them, go back to bed, or... He could have actually been that big of a douche and been like, go lay down on your bed face down and then shot him, you know. Okay. I don't know. So, that's one of the conspiracies that, you know, how how can there be more, how can there not be more than one shooter? So, because some people think, okay, well, what if he hired a bunch of people and, or it was some sort of mafia thing gone wrong yeah. and they all stood in the bedrooms because there was three bedrooms, and they all stood in the bedrooms and shot them at the same time, you know. So, um, so yeah, I said the, the grandfather, yeah, he, he, he hired an investigator, but after, but, because he believed, like, the grandfather, he, the, Louis, Louise's, um, dad, dad, he believed that, like, there's no way my grandson did this by himself. Like, he yeah. for sure knew that he killed his Somebody. But he says there's no way he did it by himself. Now, Butch later claims, this is a claim, <laughs> another one of his stories that he's made up. He later says that him and his sister were downstairs with two other guys. And they were, like, smoking pot and they were getting high. And his sister came to him and said, let's kill mom and dad because I'm tired of the abuse and I'm tired of you know, the fights and all this and that. And he wasn't going to do it, but she kind of, like, talked him into it or whatever. So him and his friend went upstairs, shot mom and dad, 
Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to be getting the kids together to go to their aunt's house. And they were going to just say that, like, an intruder came in and it was yeah. a bad deal gone wrong and somebody shot mom and dad. Well, then he walks in there. I think the, the friend, like, run, he says that the friend like, runs downstairs or gets scared and runs outside or whatever. And he goes after him, but he couldn't find him. And then he hears more gunshots in the house. And he freaks out and he runs back in. Well, his sister killed the kids. That's what he says. He says his sister killed the kids. And in a fit of rage, because he didn't understand why she did that, they started fighting back and forth. And then he shot her in the back of the head. And I'm just like... Yeah, that doesn't make blame sense. Blame it on your sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Which, then all of a sudden he makes up the story. You need to tell that story like right up front or call the police or something. Exactly. Like why wouldn't you just tell that story right away? I think he has like some sort of mental disorder or like a split personality or something because yeah, he comes up with a lot of different claims over the years. Yeah. So... That's pretty much it. Like, that's that's the story about the DeFeos. It's not a very long story, but it is a story that we've seen a lot. Like, I didn't know that there was abuse going on. Yeah. I mean... I them, didn't... I thought there was ghosts, like... And then the ghost told him to do it. Yeah. Like, well, he does say... Does. Yeah. He did, he did say one of another one of his stories, you know, is that voices made him do it or spirits in the house or something like that but yeah. I think that story that he told kind of came out like after the Lutz you know after he found out like what they had supposedly experienced in the house because we're going to talk about their experiences but to be perfectly honest like I'm not a hundred percent sure on it <laughs> mm-hmm. so I do know that they like they say that they packed up all their stuff and left when they were experiencing these things and they never went back for it. Well, however, you're going to find out that a lot of the stuff that they had in the house was already the DeFeos. And we'll get into that. Okay. So now enters the Lutz family. This part's kind of crazy to me and I didn't really when realize did they, it. After this, when did they move into the house, the Lutz family? Yeah, it was only 13 months after. Are you serious? Yeah. Because I looked at the movie. I mean, the movie was made... Because that's just weird how fast... The oh, yeah. Well, they... In... They moved in December 18th, 1975. The first movie was the movie made was where? in 1979. Yeah. So, as soon that's as they... literally They only lived there 28 days. I think it was 20... Yeah. They only lived there for 28 days... And as soon as they moved out, they pretty much wrote a book. Like, as soon as they moved out. Like, they got with somebody and wrote a book about their experiences. That's weird, too. Yeah. So, and then, like, boom, they, they're making a movie. Yeah. So, yeah, they moved in 13 months after the murders. And when they moved in, they did know about the murders. So, the realtor did tell them, you know, and plus, it was only 13 months. So, people around town were still talking about it. So, it was, like, kind of a thing. Yeah. And nobody really wanted to live in that house, and they got it for a really cheap freaking price, obviously, because nobody was, everybody knew yeah. them, the DeFeos, and they were like, I'm not living in a house where five, you know, six people were murdered. So they decided to move in. One thing that's really weird is that the dad, the, the George um, mm-hmm. Lutz, he. Kind of, 
kind of dabbled in like black magic, but it wasn't like he wasn't great at it or whatever. So I'm wondering if some of the experiences, I did air quotations, you guys can't see me, <laughs> but I'm wondering if some of the experiences are from things that maybe he conjured up but doing something wrong or not knowing what the crap he was doing. Because if you're going to work with magic, you need to know what you're doing. You don't need to, you know, yeah, work with other forces. You have no clue what you're doing. Involved so he kind of in your house. Yeah. So he kind of dabbled in it, and um, so I thought that was really weird because who would want to buy a murder house? Like who who would? And it, like the thought popped in my head. I was like, well, somebody that dabbles in black magic probably because they're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to conjure these spirits, and then I'm going to like leave and write a book about it or something like yeah. that or maybe he had intentions or maybe to write that a book. was their idea all along, all along to write a book yeah because the day that they got there they claimed that they called a priest like day one to come bless the house well, yeah i mean maybe like did they experience anything and then they called no they just called the well, i mean i mean i would do that I would probably do that if I knew that there was a murder that happened and I still first of all I wouldn't buy a house that yeah. six people were murdered in just plain simple no thank you um they'd have to burn the house before anybody would buy it in my opinion but exactly. <laughs> um so the priest went to the second floor where the boys were killed and he started sprinkling holy water on the floor this is what's in the book he started sprinkling holy water on the floor, and I think this is kind of in the movies too. And immediately he hears a male voice shout, "Get out!" So he claims that the in the book they claim that the priest never told them this, but the priest did tell them like nobody needs to stay in that room because there's some bad spirits in that room, mm -hmm. and nobody did like the Lutzes. They made like a sewing room out of that room or whatever. Yeah. So some of the Things that they experienced are pretty crazy. So, right off the bat, first night, everything felt weird. Um, a couple of days later, like, the personalities of the, the parents and the kids, like, the kids started becoming, like, misbehaving and being brats and stuff like that. And I think they had three kids. And then the mom and dad were kind of, like, becoming abusive. They would um, hit the kids or, or, you know, not hit them in the face, but they would spank them with belts or spoons or something like that and they never yeah. really did that um some of the other claims were that they kept he hearing smells that's intense hearing smells. they kept <laughs> they kept smell the garlic bread cooking <laughs> they kept um smelling weird smells there was black stains on everything and even like on the toilets and stuff that they couldn't scrub off there was green uh -huh. slime on the walls Ghostbusters. Yeah. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really strange. Um, at one point, a hundred flies appeared in the sewing room, the room the priest had blessed, and they were just flying oh, isn't around. That a scene in the movie? Yeah, and the but the priest is in the room yeah. at that time. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't in the room. Yeah, he in the book, I guess the mom or somebody was in the room at the time. Um, the family says that all the crosses would flip upside down on their own. Kathy claims that she was a victim of unseen presences touching her inappropriately. Mm. Ghost sex. Which is a thing. And yeah. I actually listened to a podcast about that. Um, I found one. 
<laughs> and Bum, I think it's Bumblebutt Podcasts. They're pretty cool. These two dudes, and they're really awesome. And they <laughs> had this thing where somebody was talking about, um, yeah, these spirits that would like arouse them in the middle of the night. Like they're just laying there, and all of a sudden, somebody's rubbing your yeah. Rubbing your yeah, <laughs> your bean, <laughs> your little bitty bean, or your big pole, you your know, pole. <laughs> whichever one. And I was just like, "What?" Side so, note: I wanted to say. Um, side note: You know, I saw this thing where um, people say that there's supposedly some kind of demon or goblin or something that you know when you have like sexual dreams. Uh huh. Well, it stands. Are you talking over about you? a succubus? Is that what yeah, it is? It stands over called. you and watches yeah. you. And it sucks all the um, uh, sexual energy out. And I'm now, like, if I have a sex dream, I'm going to wake up and, like, what the I'm going to stop with the sexual. Is this a dream? <laughs> Get away. Don't touch me. Um, so there's this one. This is a total side note. We're getting off track. But there's this one thing that i got to tell you guys. So, in their podcast, they were talking, I think they were reading these off of a forum, because it's kind of what it sounded like, mm-hmm. and this one lady said that she needed help because her husband was cheating on her with a ghost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, she said that she was laying, just short version, she was laying in bed, and she it was looked the middle over of the night, and he's just she looked like... over, and he had an erection, and then the covers started moving, and he was asleep. He was asleep. He was asleep. And then it goes on further, but she got, like, mad. Like, she was upset. And then it happened to him. I would be concerned. I'd be he like, was what's scared. going on? He was, well, he claims he was I'm scared. So, I'm I don't sure. know what's going I'm on. I'm sure he wasn't. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. I just started doing this thing. I don't know what's going on. I'm being raped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if it really was true, I'm sure, which I doubt it, but if it was, I'm sure he was not unthrilled about it. Didn't seem like he was. So, he claims that he didn't appreciate it and that Mm. it kept happening, like, every night. Like, he would just Mm. be laying there and the sheet, like, she could tell, like, his hands were not under the sheet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they would feel the bed moving. Rocking. And he's... There it went. There and it I'm went. Just, <laughs> there it went. There it went. I'm just wow. like, what? So anyways, yeah. Really interesting right, podcast. Side track. So yes, the mother, <laughs> Kathy, claims that she was being a victim of, you know, sexual. something like that. Sexual yeah. ghosts. Um, George also said that he was cold all the time and he was always by the fireplace. He would wake up every night at 3.15 a.m. Ooh. Which is when, you know, um, the guy Butch woke up. Or, uh, yeah, Ronald Jr., DeFeo, he would wake up, or when he waked up to kill his family. Yeah. But could they have found that in public record? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> um, he claimed that his wife turned into an old hag right in front of him one night. So, a lot of the stuff is really over the top and dramatic and all that. Now, the priest that they said that they brought to the house, and they also claimed that he came back another time to bless the house, he actually never showed up at all. So, they contacted, like, I don't know, somebody contacted him later on after the book came out, and he was like, yeah, I've never set my foot in that house. Like, ever. Yep. So, I mean, who are you going to believe? The family or a priest? I'm going to believe a priest. Priest. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But maybe... 
they moved in, like I said, because he wanted to try to deal with... I don't know. I kind of think that they moved in that house so they could write a book. I mean, they only lived there for 28 days. And yes, like I said, they did leave all their crap. But they didn't have a lot of stuff to begin with anyways. So, they were only there for 28 days. All the furniture that they had in the house, every single bit of furniture, was the DeFeos. They bought it. They wanted it there. They wanted to keep it there. $400. It was only $400 worth. I would feel even weirder with the furniture yeah. being there and like the murder the beds, and the, now, the bed. I'm, I, I now, sleep in the I think like bed. the mattresses were not, obviously, but the bed frame and... Like how they were murdered. The couches and everything was still in the house. Yeah. So when they moved out, they didn't have to take anything with them except for their suitcase, basically. Oh. Which makes me think, okay, that's probably what they did. Yeah. Um, also, I thought it was really weird because I was like, what? first of all, why would you want to buy anybody's old furniture when you're first starting out? I mean, it was only $400 because, like I said, they got the house for a steal. The house was a $400, but the house with the furniture, the furniture only cost $400 extra with the house. That's, no, cheap. that's a cheap house. Girl, I'd buy it. No. Um, so, I mean, maybe they didn't want to have to lug all their furniture from wherever they were coming from or whatever. But, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It yeah, made me think, too. okay, that they had the intention of only staying there for a long time. Claiming that they had all these ghost experiences and demonic things happen to them. And then leave so they could, like, write a book about it. Because, yeah, the book did come out fairly soon after they moved out yeah, and the movie like right like, after right when we started and like googled the 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 movie movie i was like why it started in 1974 and it's 1974 yeah i mean like even after the murders i was thinking it was going to be like it's happened in 1930 and now it's 1979 they're making the movie i'm flipping through my pages but the murders happened in 74 yeah yeah so, I mean, they didn't do... And that's probably why they didn't really have much about the murders in the movies. Because there wasn't much to go on, you know? Yeah. Um, Ed and Lorraine Lauren actually visited the house in 1976. And they decided to do a seance. And they also had some professors with them and doctors with them from um, different science, paranormal investigation things. So... Lorraine, being clairvoyant, she claimed, and I, I saw this, but I wasn't quite sure if she meant Ronald Sr. or Ronald Jr. She said but She says Butch, which is Ronald Jr. She said that he, he was the, the bad spirit in the house, but I don't know how. Yeah. Because he was in jail. So maybe she means I'm like thinking, the energy that he put. Like yeah, she can the feel that like energy. the energy. Or I'm thinking that maybe she maybe she actually did mean Ronald Jr. I mean Ronald Senior, which was Big Ronnie. But not entirely. I'm not entirely sure. So they didn't feel any ghost experience or anything like that. No. So the paranormal investigators that were with her, like the science guys and everything, they had their. I'm going to sound really dumb right now. They had their science gear for their... <laughs> they had science gear. You know what I'm talking what about? <laughs> I can't think of what it is. You know, the stuff. Yeah. Like, to gauge, like, energy. Yeah. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, the... 
looking for parent, Spirit, paranormal, paranormal energy and, yeah. and stuff like that. Then no, they couldn't find anything in the house. Okay. There wasn't anything. So yeah, but that is it. That's pretty much it. So I thought it was pretty interesting. A lot of stuff I did not know about it. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the Amityville horror movies, especially the second, like the remade version, that's like one of my favorite movies. So it was kind of a bummer to hear about the Lutz family because for years, like I kind I knew that people didn't believe their story because it was so crazy and out there. But I always thought, well, they left all their stuff. Like, that was true. They left yeah. their furniture and everything. So I was like, of course it happened. Like, that's something I would do. If I was experiencing crap like that, I'd be like, peace. I don't know. Somebody can burn it. I don't care what you do with it. But um, now that I know it was the Lutz family's furniture and stuff like that, and I'm I just like, I think there's a documentary <laughs> where they're like trying to prove that it's wrong. I think Yeah, I saw there's a not well there's there's not a documentary. Didn't they say they saw uh hooves, hooves in the snow or something like that? I don't know. They saw a pig with red eyes. Yeah. The Lutz family did. Claimed that they saw a pig and then, with red eyes. Oh, and then they I think like ghost hunters or something like that went through that house. Somebody remember. like that went to that house. And they didn't really see anything or experience anything, which is what those um, scientists with Ed and Lorraine saw, too. Now, I believe that Ed and Lorraine, I, I do believe that she's really clairvoyant. Like I, And I do believe that they've actually helped a lot of people. Yeah. Because, like we talked about in The Conjuring, now, do I think that maybe in her old age she kind of forgot things and embellished a little bit? Maybe so. <laughs> but, um, but that could also be because maybe you know, Hollywood has embellished their stories, or maybe her kids have tried to embellish it a little bit more, so they made yeah. more money off of it. I don't know. But, um... I feel like yeah. that would be, that, like, truthful. Like, kids could have embellished their yeah. stories. Because, well, she she didn't die not too long ago. Um, She died in 2019? 18 or 19? So, she, so she lived for... I can't remember when... Ed died, but so yeah, that's pretty much it. It's pretty interesting. Um, I definitely thought that the part about they need to make a movie about the DeFeos. Yeah, like that would be an interesting true crime movie right there. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a spiritual ghost, spiritual, yeah. you know, demonic thing. I mean, just the the life that they lived. Obviously, the dad was shady as shit. There was a lot of abuse, and it could definitely be like a crime you know, true crime movie. Does somebody live in the house now? That I'm not sure of. I didn't look that up. Look that up. <laughs> Google that. <laughs> Drop that because, Google. Because, like, if they're not... I'm not sure. Now, I remember stories, like, back in the day. I Back in the day. I'm so old. I remember stories when I was younger of people saying that, like, when they would try to tear, like, somebody tried to tear down the Amityville house at one time or some crap like that. This is just a story that I heard. And they couldn't, like, there was wreckers that would, the the wrecking ball would, like, come back at them and, like, all this weird came stuff. came like a wrecking <laughs> And just, they see Miley. Like, all this weird stuff. And I'm just like, mm, that wasn't true. But okay. Oh, weird. All right. So. Yeah, somebody's. Still living there. What does it say? 
Uh, yes. In 2020, people live in the Amityville Horror House. The Amityville Horror House still stands in the same location, 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, New York. And I'm looking at the house, and it's just so creepy looking, though. Yeah. But it's really, I mean, it's a pretty house, though. It is a pretty house, but it just looks like it's a, See, like that it's was looking the, at you. He yeah. was a fawn man back in the 70s. <laughs> it looks like, you know that house, that animated movie? Called, I'm pretty sure it's called Monster House. Monster House. Yeah. It looks like the <laughs> yeah, Monster House. Yeah, it does. My, 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 my sister. My daughter used to love that movie back in the day. She would listen to it. I mean, she would watch, watch it all it. the time. Constantly, yeah. So, yeah. Well, but, you know, I mean, the house from The Conjuring nowadays looks really bad. Um, Like, it looks really creepy. But, the one, like, when they had the white version, yeah. like, when it was painted white, when it was first the conjuring um house i can't think of it right now arnold estate that's what it was yeah um it didn't look that creepy but now that they've got like the barn effect yeah, to it or whatever it looks area. a lot creepier so anyways that's it you guys we're done 